you would be assigned times, and so your family and your line would take, let's say, December. And so in December, your family would be the priest who would perform service in the temple area, whether it would be the burn sacrifices, to offer the sacrifices, to uh, put the bread in on the table of showbread, or to make sure that there was um, oil in the menorah, or in Zechariah's case, to offer, um, to enter the uh, temple to, to offer burnt incense. Now, the, for those of you who are aware, I'll just, again, in the holy place, there was the, on this side, the table of showbread, where there's 12 loaves of, of bread, one loaf for each of the tribes of Israel. On the right side was the menorah, a seven-branch candle, which provided light, and there would be daily uh, performance of that. And then in the middle was the altar of incense. And there they would go bring the coal from the, uh, the altar outside, bring it in, and then place incense, which would then provide a cloud, if you will, that would fill the holy place. And then once a year beyond that was the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was, and they would only go there once. And so it's told us that by lot, in order to determine who gets to do what, it was determined that Zacharias gets to go in and offer the, the incense. The altar of incense has a specific, not only just place, but a symbolic meaning. It is where, and we're going to see where the prayers of the saints, the prayers of the believers, it's symbolic that this incense placed on this altar and it filling the room is representative of the prayers of the saints. In case you think I'm making it up, check Revelation, it tells us that. And, so, and also in Hebrews. And so there is this symbolic aspect of it more than just, well, you th throw a bunch of incense on it and smoke. So it's representative of, of prayers. So Zacharias has been determined to do that. And the whole multitude of the peoples were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering. And so again, not only is it symbolic, it's actual people are praying while they're offering the incense offering, which is symbolic. So you've got actual prayers, symbolic prayers happening all during this time. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the altar of incense. And so when Zacharias goes in to perform this and place the incense on the Lo and behold, to the right, which would be on this side of that altar, stands an angel. Something you don't see every day, although Zacharias would not necessarily know that, because he just gets to do it this day. But I'm sure that, and as we'll read, it's pretty troubling, because he's expecting to be in there alone. And there is knowledge that if you were to go into the Holy of Holies, and God rejects that offering, he kills you. And that was so well known that they would put bells on the priest so they could hear him. Because then if they stopped hearing the bells, they said, well, something happened. And then they had a, 
uh, rope tied around them so they could drag the body out. So Zachariah shows up where it's supposed to be okay to just show up, and there's an angel standing on the right side of the incense. And Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. And I don't blame him. He's probably thinking he's a dead man. Plus, it seems that almost every time somebody sees an angel, there's a reaction, and oftentimes it's fear. And so Zacharias is gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias. Now notice, for your petition has been heard. Notice he is going in there to the altar of incense to offer prayers symbolically for all the people. And the angel says, but I've, it's been your prayer has been heard. Not everybody's prayer. We're not your prayers, Zacharias, has been heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn away many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. It is he who will be who will go as the forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So this angel says, you're going to have a son. You're going to name him John, but he's not going to be just any boy. He is going to be one who's going to turn his people back, their hearts back to God and back to their fathers. And he is going to be the one who's going to prepare the way for the Messiah. He's the forerunner to that. And the angel gives us a little clue when he says, turn their hearts back to the fathers and to the children and to the prepare. And if you'll take a look at Malachi, Chapter 4, it says this as a prophecy. Behold, I am going to send to you Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day of the Lord. And he will restore the hearts of the, of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. Now, even to this day, the Jews believe this prophecy. And if you have ever um, had Passover at our, in our congregation or have ever celebrated it in a Jewish home, they have a table and a setting for Elijah because they're waiting for Elijah to come so that the Messiah might come. The sad thing is, Elijah came. But the scripture seems to always have a duplicate prophecy. I believe, because the scripture says, 
that in essence, John will come in the spirit and power of Elijah. I also believe before the second coming of Jesus, Elijah will come again. So when our Jewish friends have a separate plate and glass for Elijah, they're not that wrong. Because he'll be coming again. But there's this special baby. And the reason that this couple didn't have a child, because the timing wasn't right for them to have a child. Because it wasn't ready until the Messiah was ready to come. And then this couple would have this son to be a forerunner to the Messiah. So maybe in our lives, when things don't go quite the way they, we think they ought to, or God is not on our timetable, it's maybe that he has a plan. And maybe we ought to let his plan be in works rather than ours. And rather than saying, oh, God is mad at me because this isn't happening, maybe it's because God knows better. And it's not a punishment for a sin, but a part of God's sovereignty. And so Zacharias, being a priest, being religious, and coming from a people who God has appeared to before, and angels have appeared to before, and coming from a people who their first, per, their first father who they're always saying, our father is Abraham. Well, let's think back about Abraham. When did Abraham have Isaac? When he was old. And when did Sarah conceive and give birth? When she was old. God had done this before. So, because God had done this before, and God is God, and he's the people of God, he's going to say, all right, yippee, this is going to be awesome. God do it. Zacharias said to the angel, How will I know for certain? For I'm an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. Here's the great thing. The scriptures always talk about people just the way they are. And Zacharias is just the way we are. But God, the circumstances seem to indicate that this isn't going to happen. Because I'm an old dude. My wife, you know, she's, she's advanced in years. Doesn't matter that God's done it before. Doesn't matter that God is part of the Red Sea. It doesn't matter that God has stop the sun and distract. It doesn't matter that God has done all the things that God has done. How do I know for sure that you're going to do this? The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you shall, not, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place, because you did not believe my word, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. 
Now, I want you to notice a couple of things here. Don't get an angel mad at you. And again, praise God that God is God. Because, you know, if it were me, I might say, you know, you're right. You guys are old. Think we'll choose somebody else. But God doesn't say that. Their lack of faith does not change God's plans. And your lack of faith does not change God's plans. Your belief does not determine what God does. God does what God is going to do. It's just that look at the opportunity that, that Zacharias lost because he doubted. Think of the stories he could have told. I went in, I offered, and there's Gabriel. And I had a conversation, and it was awesome. And he told me all about what our little boy is going to be, and he's going to grow up, and he's going to be the forerunner of this Messiah, which is good news, not only because my boy is going to do this, but guess what? The Messiah is coming. The one that we've been praying for, the one that we've been hoping that the Romans will get out of our way, and we're hoping that he will rule and reign forever. That guy, he's coming. But guess what? Because he doubted, he had to be silent. What, do, what doubts in our lives silence our testimony? Instead of having the opportunity to share the good news and be excited about the good news, we stay silent. But again, it's going to be fulfilled. Your doubts do not change God's plan. For the people were waiting for Zacharias and were wondering at the delay in the temple. But when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. He didn't see a vision. He saw an angel and had a conversation. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. He was trying to tell them what was going on, but was unable to. Because he doubted. And when the days of his priestly service were ended, he went back home. After these days, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant. Well, I thought they were advanced in age. Because the angel of the Lord told them what was going to happen. And it happened because with God, Nothing is impossible. Your circumstance doesn't dictate what God can do. So she becomes pregnant. And she kept herself in seclusion for five months, saying, This is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace from among men. I don't want to be too harsh on Elizabeth. And we're not told all that she feels and whatever. To me, kind of the sad thing about this praise is that it's about her. 
God finally looked favor upon me and took away my disgrace. And yes, he did. But that little baby inside of you, to this day we call John, John the Baptist or John the Baptizer, who was, if you will, the Billy Graham of his day, who preached and people repented and got baptized and started following God and prepared the way for several of Jesus' disciples. And some of John's disciples went to be with Jesus as his disciples. Because John was so effective that he pointed the way to the Lord and not to himself. That's the little boy be born who's going to be born from Elizabeth and Zacharias. She should be saying, it seems to me, and maybe, but it's not recorded. Thank you, God that you're sending the forerunner and I get to be a part of it. But thank you even more that the Messiah is coming. The prayer that we have been praying day after day after day, that the Messiah might come and that he might be Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And that's going to take place. But instead, thank you, God, for showing favor on me and taking away my disgrace. But isn't that kind of how we are? God will do something miraculous and we'll be so biopic to think it's about us. When instead, it's about his plan and what he's doing and what he's going to do. So, this couple... The world thought something's wrong with them. But God knew better. So we need to also not judge by circumstances or appearance. Even David was ignored by his own father and others because his older brothers looked the part of a king. But God sees the heart and determined that David should be king. Example after example after example in the scriptures are for us to get our eyes off of circumstances and onto what God can do. And if God can bring to this couple a little baby, will have the Holy Spirit in him before he's even born, can you imagine what God can do in your life? And even while you're praying for others, God can still answer your prayer. And even while others are praying for other things, God can answer what's needed. I'm sure a number of people were praying that the Messiah would come. But God says, before the Messiah comes, there's a necessary element. It's called the spirit of Elijah. And I'm doing that. Today, we seek the second coming of Jesus. 
Well, there are things that need to happen before. Maybe we should be praying for those things. And then having the ability to not only pray for them, but to see them coming to pass. And I bet the people who were really excited at this announcement, for those who knew the word of God who said, before the coming of the Lord, the spirit of Elijah is coming. And when they heard that, they were filled with joy, except that Zacharias couldn't speak. So, to remind you again and again and again, your circumstance, whether it's wealth or poverty, wellness or disease, family or loneliness, is not determined whether God loves you or has abandoned you. Because never will God abandon you. Never, not one. He will always be there. Even when we sin, he does not abandon us. For nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not even ourselves. So, when you get a flat tire, don't think, well, God's mad at me. Somebody put a nail out on the street. Or you're diagnosed with some illness. God has never once stopped loving you. Perhaps he wants to walk with you through that so that you have even a more precious relationship. He's not doing it to you, but he's doing it for you. That you might realize the joy of being in his presence. And then the last offering of advice. If the angel of the Lord appears to you, Believe him. Or if you don't believe him, keep your mouth shut. Because your mouth may be ended up being shut for a long time. And all God's people said.